Welcome to the IDP Guys podcast. This is going to be the week nine standings video. I am joined tonight by Mace Rennie. He is a college scout at the Shrine Bowl. He is also an ECR ranker on Fantasy Pros. In the fantasy community, he's held in high regard. He's a content creator on the Fantasy Six Pack. He's a former writer for the IDP Army, Five Yard Rush, and IDP Guys. How you doing, Mace? Dude, super stoked to be here, Steve. It's been nice to see your globe kind of get to work together with you. Um, really happy to be on your baby, your show. I just hope that I do it justice, man. <laughs> oh, I know you will. I know you will. And you got a, you got a lot to bring to the table. Um, I have a couple questions tonight because I'm kind of hoping to bring me in the audience. And maybe we can gain some key insight to help us grow as far as scouting goes and maybe convert that into some cool uh, – uh, some cool IDP rankings and maybe maybe some of that correlates, you know. Um, yeah. But before we begin, I just wanted to let you know on some of the details of the show. Um, what we do is hold on. Let me let me go ahead and share my screen here. So these are the ECR rankings. Can you see that there, Mace? I can't see it right now. Okay, hold on one second. How about now? No, I cannot. Nope. Uh -uh. Okay, got to add it. Sorry about that. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, But anyway, those are the ECR rankings. I mean, you're very familiar with them. Um, You you rank uh, yourself. Um, solo tackles, 1.5. Assisted tackles, 0.75. Tackles for loss, 2. Sacks, 4. Interceptions, 5. Force fumbles, 4. And so forth and so forth. Uh, anything stick out to you there, Mace? Um, sacks are a little lower than I normally would like personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, solo tackles, 1.5. Assisted, seven, or 0.75. Those are kind of boosted up, but they kind of level each other out. It's, it's a solid baseline um, for like a starter league. You kind of go into it, get with your buddies or whoever, after a couple of years, make your adjustments, kind of see what sits best for your league. But it's a nice baseline. Right, right. And um, what I generally do is I kind of show the audience. I kind of give them that as an idea. And I'm like, hey, you know, so this is what Fantasy Pros uses. So, you know, if you're league sack heavy, bump a guy up or bring a guy down, that sort of thing. But uh, it's what we use, so that's what we're going to show the show, show the audience at home. Um, and on that note, uh, you're an ECR ranker as well, so I just wanted to show the audience kind of what we're doing over there. Okay, so this is Fantasy Pros. Uh, let's go to week eight. So when you look at the IDP side, um, I actually am number three on the week. So out of all these other rankers out there, I actually hit three. So I'm pretty proud of that. But you may not be aware of this, Mace. Look who's number two. <laughs> yeah, lucky, man. So so the audience, you guys are in for a treat tonight. We got the number two ranker and the number three ranker. And we're going to go over our rankings tonight. Hopefully, with a little luck, they'll become number one because they'll figure out what I'm doing wrong and you're doing wrong. We'll, they'll add it together. What do you think? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Combining ads uh, definitely won't be a bad thing. 
It's always good when you get to talk IDP with someone like-minded. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that list because if you look at that list, there are some heavyweights on there. There's some people that I've interviewed on the show. I'm about to interview on the show. There's just people that have been doing this way longer than us. I'm just grateful to be on the thing, and I'm grateful to have another person on there that can troubleshoot and, and show us some of the little things that they look for. Yeah, it's definitely a trip just going on there and seeing my name. I mean, because five <laughs> years ago, I was going on there to look at other people's rankings and just trying to figure everything out. I wasn't even doing IDP yet. And now to be on there ranking offense and defense, um, it's definitely just like a dream come true, man. Excellent. So um, let me go ahead and kick over to the defensive lineman rankings. Uh, while I'm doing that, let me ask you a question. How does one? Um, how did you get into um, uh, uh, scouting for the Shrine Bowl? So I don't know. I saw other people doing it in the space kind of when I first started. Um, take you back a couple of years when I was in middle high school, me and my buddy Darian, we would always play Madden, uh, NCAA. You could get your guys from NCAA and upload them on your memory card and then hopefully try to draft them in Madden. So I was kind of bred into it just doing that through Madden. Um, got old enough and finally realized that you could just sign up and hopefully get it. I didn't get it the first couple of times, but I really dove in, started making lists, putting myself out there. Um, and I got blessed to get an invite to go. I wasn't actually able to go on site, but I was able to um, view the stuff from my computer and scout from there. And just doing that is, I mean, obviously a blessing in itself. It's pretty cool. Like I don't scout for the tribal, I just scout the tribal, but to even right. be invited to something like that and like just the prestigious people that I even get to be around, watch how they go, go through their process and see things and then somehow try to correlate that to IDP. And that's kind of where I'm at. So my foot in the door with it was, I don't really know IDP that much. So I have to learn about the scoring and I right. learned about the culture and the players, right? What a better way to do that than go and get them right before they come into the league. So you not only understand who these players are as people and where they're going to fit into positions or different, like different teams have different schemes, right? We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can find a player that might be a better fit for the Panthers than you would be for like, we'll say the Raiders, you know what I mean? Just because schematically he fits better. Gotcha. Um, so let me share with you my, my defensive lineman rankings. It, there, it it looks a little weird. There's a method to my madness, the way I have that processing. Um, I look for key attributes, and, and, and I'm going to pick your brain in a second here. But, but the things I look for, I look for special tangibles, uh, a scout for rankings, if you will. So the first thing I look for, and I've said it in other videos, I want a player that gets 60 to 80% of snaps each game. You're not going to get too many superstar 90 plus. You're not going to get too many Crosby's out there. But if I can get 60 to 80 percent, that guy is a two, three down player. I'm going to be I'm going to be okay most weeks. Okay, so I have like four or five tangibles I use. Obviously, the snap share is important, and obviously, sacks are important for a defensive lineman. Now, not every lineman is going to come in that shape and size. I'll take tackles. So some of these guys on my list, you're going to see. They're, they're, they're tackle heavy. They get me points that way. Other guys are just edge guys, sack guys. It's kind of a mixed bag, really. And then, you know, my third my third tangible, if I can't get any of that stuff, I'll take whatever the heck I can get. Give me assists. Give me forceful. Give me whatever I can get. But those are the guys I'm looking for. I'm looking for guys that get a lot of snaps, get a lot of sacks and or tackles. It's fine. Finally, I do look at, I do look at pass rush win percentages. ESPN has a great – free cheap tool 
It's absolutely free. You can go look at these numbers every week and they update it. Every single week, it's, it's, a, it's a great tool. And you'll see out of my top 15, 12 of the guys are actually on there heavily ranked in the top 20, which, which I'll go to. And then the fifth and final tangible that I use for defensive linemen is I look for the matchup. I do see if the matchup – so if I'm tied between a guy, I will move him up in the, in, the, in the matchup. I mean, it's not an exact science, but it gets me close enough on these rankings – um, and on that note, too, Mace, uh, I was going to ask you, what, what's some of your secret sauce? What do you look for and identify? And also, how do you correlate that to when you're scouting players for the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, so um, I guess a player's best attribute is their availability. So you're saying, yeah, you want to look for a guy that's 60 to 85% somewhere in there. Um, also, diving that a little bit deeper, that's kind of like position correlated, right? I don't want a linebacker that's only going to be in on first and second down and gets pulled out unless I have to use him in my flex or something like a Jawan Bentley. Like, you mm-hmm. know, he's going to get the tackles, but some games he might not. So he kind of pulls himself back. Plus, there's not really a lot of upside otherwise with him. So, like, with linebackers, you want to try to get those guys that are green dotted or, you know, what have you, right? Um, with your pass rushers, if you get a guy that's 60 to 85% and can post a stat line, you know, Four tackles mm-hmm. combined, three of them are assisted, but then you get those two sacks or you get that one forced fumble, maybe even a pass deflection. Those extra little things are definitely what what pass the stats there. You just kind of got to know what player you're getting because you get a defensive end and then you can get a left or, you know, an outside linebacker who's also in that defensive end role, but then can also get targets and coverage. In zone I find all that fascinating too. And I, and I know when I'm playing Madden, I see this a lot. So let me just ask you as the expert here. There's a there's a difference between three four linemen and four three linemen, correct? Yeah. Um, and, so uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you have your four three guys are more aggressive in your pass rush. They've got more finesse. They've got more bend. Hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you want to get a guy out there that's that's really technical and good with their hands. And then you have your your guys on the inside that kind of just plug up. Now, if you have a guy that's in a three four, or yeah three four, he's not going to be asked to do as much maybe in the pass rush, but he's definitely going to have to be bigger every set and be ready for the, uh, the run stuff and things like that. Um, there are some players that can definitely do both. You know what I mean? Like your Watts or uh, yeah. I don't know, any other player like that, but you have guys that could play like Micah Parsons, DN outside linebacker, maybe even step inside for a second, do a twist, come inside them, you know, the zero gap and stuff. So it's really just scheme dependent and knowing mm-hmm. the personnel because you can also have a defensive back, drop down and become an outside linebacker, drop into the box and have your inside guy go out and put Fred Warner on a spy, you know, kind of like they do with at least last year, like what they did with Hufanga. Not really sure what they're doing this year with him. <laughs> right. So you ready to cut up uh, – you ready to cut into this defensive lineman list? Yeah, for sure. Right? Let's do it. Okay, you can see my rankings, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, like I said, everything I'm looking for, the key attributes, this is my, this is my list. And you know, I realize your your ranks may be different, so feel free to uh, to jump in here. But the first the first tier, I have two guys in particular, and let me explain those guys to you and why I ranked them the way I did. Uh, first guy up for me is Max Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby ranks ninth among edge pass rushers. He's got a win percentage rate of twenty three percent, and he owns the fifth best PFF grade as a rusher. Um, and that's 90.8. So the thing, the thing about the thing about Max Crosby is um, he's 29th in tackles, and that's first in his position. Uh, one thing I like to do, Mace, is I like to rank them by position. 
You know, it just it just gives me a better comparison. Like, you know, say a guy has 47 tackles. OK, no big deal. But if he has 47 tackles as a cornerback, you're like, holy cow, let me add this guy. But yeah, Max Crosby has 29 tackles at his position. That's ranked number one. He's 12th in assist. He's ranked first. Saxe seventh. He's ranked ninth. OK, now I don't want to hold that against him in any sort of way. He had a really rough matchup this last week. He went against the Lions. They got a tackle named Penny Sawu. He isn't that great in run defense, but he's great against the, the, the pass rush. And he's a third-year pro. Uh, long story short, seven games, he's only he surrendered like zero, zero pass rush pressures five times. So, so Crosby had a rough go, but he still got some points last week, still got some forced fumbles. He's a little bit behind the top guys in sacks right now with seven. He's ranked ninth. But he's going against the Giants this week, Mace. 23% yeah. win rate going against the Giants. That's best right now, and that's given up. They're bleeding 38.50 to that position. Um, he's my unquestionable number one, and then it's close. But then I say number two for me would be T.J. Watt. He's sixth in tackles, tied for 74th. Three assists tied for 62. But if you're playing TJ Watt, you're not really playing him for the tackles. You're playing him for the sacks, which he has nine. He's tied for second. And forced fumbles, he's tied for uh, – he has two, so he's tied for third. He's going against Tennessee, another great matchup. That's the ninth best at Tennessee. And he's got a 15% win rate. Uh, just to give the audience at home what I'm talking about, just to give a little, little, little what does this win rate stuff mean? If you were to put the top defensive pass rushers on a list and do an Excel sheet, the average pass rush guy is about 8%, 8 to 12%. So anything over that is gravy. So the two guys I have in my top tier, Crosby's at 23, and um, um, TJ Watt is at is at, is at at 23 as well. They're, they're, they're exceeding expectations. <laughs> they are shattering that. Uh, so, so, again, that's how I have it. I have Crosby 1. What to do you see it any different, Mace? No, I've got the same. And here's the reason why TJ Watt, <clears throat> I think it's uh, I don't know for fantasy if I were overall player, not by much though. But TJ Watt has something that Max Crosby doesn't, and that's Alex Highsmith on the opposite side of him. Hmm. So TJ Watt, he's gonna get his regardless, but having that extra presence on the outside, which is honestly one of the best at his position on the other side, too. That's not something that Max Crosby has. So that's kind of where maybe you see some of those sacks kind of fall off because those pressures are there. Everything else is there, like you're saying. He's eating people up. When he goes for that tackle, he's got a wrap, and then he's got that club, right, that he brings or kind of punches in through. He's just a dangerous man on the outside, so you can't really sleep on him. But the fact that he's kind of doing it, I don't want to say by himself, but we've seen everything that's going on with the Raiders in, what, the past 12 hours with the yeah, team right. and the getting canned and just they're in a complete disarray. They're going to start a rookie. Like, he is their veteran leader, man, and it shows. He puts the points up. He's nasty. Um, yeah, T.J. Watt as well, going up against a rookie quarterback who kind of holds the ball for a little while. Uh, I saw that last week because some of those plays were developing. I mean, they were great throws, right, deep anticipation, but maybe not as quick in anticipation. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it could be a really, really long day for Tennessee's quarterback. Uh, not a good matchup for him. Good point. So that's my top tier. And then my, my next tier, I really have two guys. You can flip them either way. I got Daniel Hunter three, Miles Garrett four, and I'm going to explain the two. I'm going to compare them. They're both built 
Jack built really good players, um, but they're just different in the way they carry themselves. Uh, you have Hunter. A lot of people don't know too much. Uh, maybe it's because he's been injured a lot. But Dan Daniel Hunter, let me give you some numbers on Daniel Hunter, okay? He's got 20 tackles on a season. That's tied for ninth, okay? He's got seven assists tied for 14th. This guy's leading the league in sacks at his position with 10. And forced fumbles, he's second. He's playing Atlanta, which is a really sweet place to play if you're a defensive lineman. Atlanta's ranked third best, and they're giving up 38.40 at the position. So Daniel Hunter is an excellent play this week, even though a lot of people out there don't really know him as a name brand player. He's always in your top five. I mean, heck, you can put him three or four this week. I wouldn't fault you anyway. Now, my fourth player is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, I got him 11th in tackles, tied for 44th. Assists, he's tied for 44th with four. Nine sacks, tied for second with uh, uh, with with TJ Watt. And forced fumbles, he's got four, so he's first. Okay, he's got a 32% win rate, and he's going up against the Cardinals. So both got decent enough matchups. The Cardinals have been kind of good this year, bottling that up. But both guys are good. It's just a classic case of one is a very popular player, one is a little bit of an unknown. So you can kind of put them each way, but I kind of put Hunter 3, cross, uh, Hunter 3, uh, Garrett 4. How do you see it, Mace? Yeah, I have um, Garrett at 3 and Hunter at 4, and then Micah Parsons at 5, and that's my tier 1. I have 5 guys in tier 1. But um, – you could literally flip those guys any week, depending on. Um, I'm not sure if Daniel Hunter was playing to be traded. There's a lot of talk about him being on the move. I'm not really sure about the state of the offense for the Vikings. They did just trade for Josh Dobbs. Um, they do have a rookie who they're probably going to have to play this week in place of the injured Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jetta's still out. They don't really have much of a running game with Madison. I don't even know if he has a rushing touchdown yet. Don't quote me on that, though. But um, so I mean, yeah, he's definitely he's gonna get the he's gonna get the sacks stuff like that. Uh, Miles Garrett is just more of a week to week guy. When he's on the field, he's you expect him to get number one. Yes, sir. And be able to all, but yeah, no, for sure they are, and that's why they're all on my top. Uh, my is there a reason you got him three uh, and four, or, or or just 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 apples and oranges? I think just because if Miles Garrett is going to be up against uh, a rookie in Clayton Tune. Or he's uh -huh. going to be up against Kyler Murray in his first game back, and I'm not going. To, I'm not trying to compare him to like Watson or anything, but when someone comes back, I don't really think like they got to get back up to speed, right? We saw it with even like Nick Bosa. It took him a couple games to kind of get in the flow and understand. You know, what I mean, the quarterback's going to have to make reads, see the field. He might be a step behind. Does he really trust himself after the injury? Blah blah blah. There's just a lot of unknowns going on there. Now, if he goes up against a rookie quarterback, I think that Miles Garrett is going to make that rookie remember him. You know what I mean? Like, why would you not want to show out? It's like free candy, man. So, um, yeah, either either one could pop off, you know what I'm saying? And then, like I said, I got Micah Parsons at five rounding out, but he's just one of those players as well that can play multiple positions and do anything on any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. <laughs> okay. Um, and you mentioned your five. Is your five Micah Parsons? Yeah, yeah, Micah Parsons. Yeah, so is mine. Um and can can you see my screen? I can now. Yes. Okay. So the the for the for the, you know I just want to pull everybody in. Uh, I'm trying to bring the audience with me for a second. What I'm doing is I'm pulling up just some stats on Mika Parsons. Okay. 
The reason I have Parsons so low at five, and I thought that was going to be a bit controversial, so I'm kind of glad to see another fellow ranker have him five. Uh, Mika Parsons isn't a, is not a sure lock. Uh, like a lot of people have him usually in their top two. Um, if you look at his numbers recently, um, look at week four when he got four points. He only had two tackles, 80% of snaps. Look at week five against the 49ers. Four tackles, 83, uh, 83 snaps, three points. Um, if you look at him, he's very hit or miss this year. He's sack dependent a lot of times. And I hate saying it because I'm a big Mika Parsons guy, but he's not a lock every week anymore. So you got to be mindful of that. There are people in better positions that can play him. But I'll tell you what, regardless of what my what the numbers say, I would not sit Mika Parsons against the Eagles because that's a bloodbath. That's going to be a rivalry game. That's going to be a bloodbath. But I just want the audience to be kind of mindful of that. If if you take the sacks out of, out of week seven, I'm sorry, week eight, week six, week three, week two, you really don't have much there to go on. And I know that's controversial to say, but just be mindful of that if, if, you're, if, you, have, if you own Parsons. Yeah, I well, the thing I like about Parsons is, is that he does put himself in a position to get a lot of points. Like you said, those big splash plays. Um, he's only got one game this year where he has under five pressures. So he's, mm-hmm. he's getting there. It's just a matter of fact of who's coming in after him or maybe swooping up because eyes are always on Parsons, right? Right. Yeah, that's just something i just mindful of. I was looking at it, and I'm like, you know, that needs to be said. So, so we kind of got it the same way. I got Crosby, Watt, Hunter, Garrett, Parsons. You got the same way except we flipped Garrett for Hunter, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. That's a good, it's a good ranking. Um, my tier, my next tier, six through ten. Um, these are guys I'm very excited about, pretty much based on the matchup. I got Kayvon Thibodeau, six, Brian Byrne, seven, Hassan Riddick, eight, Carl Granderson, nine, Aaron Donald, ten. Uh, let me talk about Thibodeau, okay? Okay, Thibodeau, Thibodeau is exciting to me. Um, remember earlier the year, Mace, he wasn't really having that great of a year, right? Yeah, he just had a little, little game in the first week, and maybe, and that was it. Yeah, he was yeah. Awful. He just last game, he had a three sack game. He had nine yeah. tackles, three sacks, and 41 sack yards on 96% of stat, snaps. He's pulling, he's pulling Mika Parsons numbers right now. Honestly, he's he's a he's a strong play right now. He's tied for 14th on solo on, on Nine soul tackles, and he's t- he has nine sacks on the year. He's tied for second. So if he keeps his pace up, he's on for a twenty sack season. A lot of people don't realize that because he had such a he had such a a bad start to the year. But Mika Parsons is actually putting something together, and it's kind of special to see. Um, he's uh he's starting to get it. He's starting to figure it out, and he's getting a whole lot of snaps. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Um, is that something you noticed as well? Well, when they drafted him, they drafted him in the first round. They drafted him to kind of blossom into that cornerstone. Maybe not like Michael Shanahan-esque, but something of that nature, right? So yeah. just seeing him having the ability to have a monster game, I'm really curious as to how he follows up with it. Do I expect him to get three sacks again? No. Do I want him to get a sack? Yes. Like you, you want to see him kind of take that step, fall into that leadership role, and really feel comfortable with it. Not that he fell into the role. Obviously, he earned it, 
but he was put in a position to get it. Now he is there. Let's see what he does with it. That's kind of why he's on the outside looking in, right? Because I have put him, I think, in like my lower 20s at some points uh, in this season. So to kind of, you know, bring him back, that's just all based yeah. on what have you done for me lately? And it's all, if you look at his stats, it's all recency bias, but a lot of people aren't picking up on that. Um, these nine sacks, that's a big deal. Like, you don't see that too much every day here. Um, so I'm going to bring the audience to IDP, guys, the homepage. We have this new neat tool. Um, and what it does, it actually, uh, it actually shows you snaps. And I think this would be a perfect opportunity on uh, Mr. Parsons to kind of just, just go over that. Uh, can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, hold on a minute. Let me uh... – actually, okay, perfect. There we go. All right. So, uh, yeah, if you just go – if you guys are paid subscribers and you go over to the IDP guys and you just go pick your team, we're going to go to the Giants here. Okay, here we go. All right, so when I go down to um, – It's frozen on the screen. It just shows Oh, up. is it? How about now? There you go. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of – I'm trying to multitask. And, okay, so where are you at, buddy? Go top. Oh, there he is. Kayvon Thibodeau, outside lever. So if you look at week one, 72%. Snaps week two 94, week three 87. Here it comes 72 plays, right? Week four 82% went down a little bit. Don't fault them. Week five 93, week six 92, week seven 99, week eight 97. Now remember our baseline. Remember our baseline is what 60 80% of snaps. This guy is putting up superhuman snaps right now. He's on the Max Crosby level. You don't see this too much. And he's producing. He's on a 20-sack pace for the year. Um, a lot of people – that story is not being told enough. Kayvon Thibodeau, I got him fairly high. Um, I can't put him ahead of all these other guys because it's a little bit – it's a little bit of a, of a dealer's choice here. But Thibodeau at six, I'm okay with. Um where do you have Thibodeau? Yeah, so in my tier two, it starts off with uh, Thibodeau at six, Reddick mm -hmm. at seven, Burns mm -hmm. at eight, Sweat oh. at nine, uh, Darnold oh, yeah. at ten. Yeah, Granderson at 11, Highsmith 12, <laughs> Buckner 13, then Sam Hubbard at 14. Oh, okay. So, so, you, so your, your Thibodeau is six. Yeah. Okay, so we're in agreement there. And then we have we have our Reddick and Burns swapped. Yes. Okay. So let me just read um, – let me just go over Reddick and, 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 and Burns together, and then that would probably be the best. So you got my list. I got Brian Burns 7. He's got 12 tackles on the year. It's tied for 38th. He's got six – I'm sorry, solos. He's got six assists tied for 18th. He's got sacks at six, which is tied for 14th. And he's got one, uh, one force fumble, which is tied for 13th. He's got a 26% win rate. He's another one of these beasts. And he's going up against the Colts, which are middle of the pack. They're middle of the pack against the pass rush. So I think that's why I kind of flip them. But right, right behind him's Riddick with eight tackles, tied for 64th. Two assists, he's 80th. Now, if you're playing Riddick, much like some of these other guys on this list, 
you don't care about the tackles because you're chasing sacks, right? Yeah. Yep. He's got seven sacks tied for ninth. Force fumbles one tied for 13th. He's got a 20% win rate. And uh, per ESPNStats.com, and he's playing the Cowboys, which is going to be one of those bloodbath games, right? Yep. So I kind of agree with you on the list so far. There's not too many major changes there. So we both had Riddick and we both had Burns. Where did you have Granderson? Um, hold on. Okay, so the thing about Burns is, is he also has – he's nursing an elbow injury. So mm-hmm. I might drop him in the rankings depending on how that kind of unfolds. Just a little oh, bit. good point. I see the question mark. Yeah, okay, yeah. good point. That's just elbow. Um, Grander, you said Granderson. I have him at 11, although he could come up and I could put Sweat down. I just saw a tweet earlier today about Montez Sweat really wanting to go to Atlanta. He thought he was huh. going there, but obviously he didn't go there. So I don't know if he's going to resign or kind of like what his thoughts are. So I don't really know how fast they're going to be to get him on the field. See, my problem with Sweat right now is I don't know how that's going to play out. You just came to a new team. So doing these rankings so early, I just don't know. So he's not going to have the same defensive tackle presence that he had in, you know, with Payne and Allen. Mm -hmm. So it's really going to be interesting to see. They've got Gervin Dexter and someone else who is escaping me right now. So Um, like to me, Granderson, I put nine. He's a sure thing. Sweat, I'm not sure. Yeah. I put 11. You got him. We got him flip flop. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, but I like Granderson because he does get a lot of pressure. He's kind of uh-huh. having a back high, right? Right now. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's. Good. So yeah. the, the thing about Granderson, he's not like, like he's not Cam Jordan second coming. He's not like a super athlete, but he gets it done. He's like a Volkswagen, right? He'll get you. He'll get you to work. You know, he's not. He's not gonna. It's not something you cruise around picking up girls on the weekend, right? But he'll get you home. He's a Volkswagen. He'll fill the tank up, right? He's got 24 tackles on the year. That's third at this position yeah. for a guy most people don't know. That's a steal. Okay, so that alone, he's a pickup in leagues. Five assists, 32nd playable. Six sacks, 14th. Forced fumbles, uh, 13th. He's playing the Bears, which is the reason why I have him up so high. That's the fifth best. And, and you can see it. This is one of those few times where film correlates with, like, fancy football. You can see how bad that offensive line is. So, you know, this is a place where he can definitely eat and take advantage of having Cam Jordan over there, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, with Montez Sweat, these numbers are going to be based on his pass, so I'm not really – I'm not really sure, but he's 16 tackles tied for 20th, eight tied for eighth uh, for assist. He's got eight sacks tied for seventh, forced fumbles two tied for third. He gets the Saints, and a lot of people don't realize that's the eighth best matchup for uh, for defensive end. So so he could he could just go in there and play. He's the type of player to do that too. He's the type of player that would just go out there and destroy. I think he's got like a 13% win rate too, so he's kind of just above the the medium. Oh, good point. Yeah, see, what I did is I detailed the top 20 because yeah. – uh, you, well, well, I did the top 15 defensive ends, top 15 defensive tackles. So that's why he didn't make my list. But that, that's good to, that's good to know as well. So thanks for adding that. Sure. Um, in between those guys, I have 10. I got Aaron Donald. 19 tackles tied for ninth at his position, which is a defensive interior. Seven assists tied for 22nd. Five sacks tied for fourth. Zero forced fumbles. He's got a 20% win rate. He's going up against the, the Packers. Um, anything to add between those guys? 
No, nothing really aside from the Packers offense just looking like a complete trash dump. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing, man. They're hard to watch. I have Jordan Love in a couple of leagues, and I really wish I didn't. <laughs> really, um, you know, when you're talking Aaron Donald, you know what he's going to do. He, he's yeah. good for – he's good for – he's guaranteed right there. Um, so so my last my last tier here I got from 11 to 15 – well, I already said Montez Sweat. I don't want to. So I got I got DeForest Buckner, Alex Highsmith, Chris Jones, Jalen Phillips. Do you see it any differently? Um, let's see. I have Hubbard at fourteen, and then Chris Jones at fifteen. Okay. Okay. So I just switch Hubbard and Phillips, and that's pretty much. Okay, so we got pretty much a similar list. Now, believe it or not, my uh, my Hubbard, I got Hubbard 16th. Okay. So, he's so just right a tackle guy, right? He's not really a high upside. He's a guy that you put in your DL2 and you just let him run. I've been playing him a couple places. Uh, and also, the last couple of episodes, I've had Hubbard in my top 15. So, yeah. Hubbard, Wilkins, you can get by on tackles. And if I'm chasing sacks, Gary Sweat would work. Hendrickson, too. So, those are my top 20 right there. Um. So Gary's what do I got? Too. So shout out to him for getting paid. He might be coming yeah, out in right, right? That must mean he's good to go. He's fresh off injury. The Packers are willing to pay him for years. So what, like three technically? Mm-hmm. And that's exciting news if you haven't. Uh, Buckner, another defensive interior lineman, 16 tackles, tied for 21st, 12 assists, tied for second. Four sacks, tied for ninth. Two forced fumbles, tied for first. ESPN has him, 15% win rates. Um, and he's playing Carolina. And another note I want to note on Aaron Donald gets double teamed 62% of the time. The Forrest Buckner gets double teamed 68% of the time. For whatever reason, the NFL thinks this guy's a bigger threat than Aaron Donald. I don't know. Well, Bryce Young is like, he's pretty short, man. So I expect the Forrest Buckner probably get a couple pass deflections to see if they try to throw it across the middle. Good point. Good point. And then for Alex Highsmith, which honestly – just like Watt, the value is to play him as a defensive lineman, not a linebacker. But Alex Alex, Alex Highsmith as a defensive lineman, 16 tackles. That's tied for 20th at the position. 16 for a linebacker? Forget it. <laughs> eight assists, tied for eight. Three sacks, tied for 48th. Force fumbles, tied for third. So this is like a value play. He usually breaks the bottom of my top 15. He's another one of those freaks, 20% win win rate going against Tennessee, the ninth best position. Um, you really can't go wrong with the high Smith. The only caveat I have with him, some weeks he leaves you high and dry, some weeks he blows up, you know? Well, that's just because of the guy across from him, I think. Alex Highsmith is really good at real-life football, and T.J. Watt is really good at real-life football. T.J. Watt is better, I think, than Highsmith, but Highsmith is pretty good, so – Whatever T.J. Watt doesn't get, Highsmith is going to get. But out of those two, T.J. Watt is probably always going to eat first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. So bottom of the list, uh, Chris Jones, I mean, he's usually in every week play for me at this point. He's got a rough matchup against Miami. Miami looks better stat-wise than maybe they actually are in real life as far as, as, far as lineman goes. Um, they're quick to get the pass off. Maybe it's yeah, because that's, that's got to be it. It's got to be Chua. I don't know. They're afraid TBIs, but he's going to be in for a rough go. Um, but yeah, Chris Jones is playable. Five tackles, tied for ninety-six. Three of six, tied for seventy-six. He's tied for first with seven sacks. He's better than some of these defensive ends, and he didn't even play the first game. You know, yeah. 
ESPN win rate, 15%. And then my last guy in this tier is Jalen Phillips. 18 tackles tied for 11th. Assist tied for 18. Three sacks tied for 48th. Going against the Chiefs, the Chiefs give up. The Chiefs give it up to pressures. They are one of the bottom teams in the league as far as giving it up to pressures. Just Patrick Mahomes makes him look good. He doesn't give up too many sacks. But Phillips was one of those sleepers we predicted in the offseason, if you remember, when we were writing for the fantasy six-pack. We predicted Phillips to break out, and it was so nice to finally see it. You know, high-end snaps this week – uh, matters of fact, let me just let me just pull that up myself here. Let me take you back to the uh, IDP guys page here. Um, yeah, it was so good seeing that, see, seeing him perform because he's been hurt. So yeah. uh, when you when you look at, uh, you can see my page. Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, when you see. Where you at, buddy? Phillips, Phillips, Phillips. Let's just go to one. Okay, Phillips. Game, week one, that was the plan, 90%. Then he had a dud. Then he had 47. Then he had zero, zero, zero. Week six, 43. Week seven, 69. Last week, 45 plays, 85%. So he's on the up and up. So I'm expecting to see a lot more Phillips in the next couple weeks. So that's kind of my top 15. Um, you had you had everybody I had but Hubbard, correct? Yeah, I, I threw Hubbard in there, and then I um, have Phillips. I pulled him down to eighteen. Well, let me ask you what was the um, what was the pro- what was the reasoning behind Hubbard? Um, I I like Hubbard as just kind of like an even guy, but at the same time, like he you know he's kind of he's got that comfortability of tackles, right? Well, he also in his last two games has a sack, so he's got four on the year. I think the most he's ever had is twelve, and that was like two or three years ago. Last mm-hmm. three at 10. So if he can continue to get those sacks going, that's just an added bonus for a player like him because when I play him, I don't exactly expect him to get weeks with consecutive sacks. You know what I mean? So I got you. That is, I, I'm just kind of high on him, I guess. A little sprinkle on top for him. I see. I see. Um, so moving on to defensive backs. Defensive backs, I have, uh, I have criteria I use for w- when I'm talking about defensive backs. Um, and then I'm going to ask you kind of what, what, what your process is too. But what I look for, Mace, I look for solo tackles. I don't really care so much about assisted tackles in this category because what does that tell you? When you have a guy that makes solo tackles at safety, he's your guy. He's your guy in that man covered. He's making hits. He's taking them out. These, the, these assisted guys, those are usually the guys in nickel, those guys in coverage, those guys playing late in the game. They're very fluky. So if I got to look for some quick stats – the four metrics that I use in this category, I use solo tackles. I'm looking to see what these guys are doing, okay, in that department. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking at how many times you've been targeted. So yeah. the list may be a little fluky, depending on who's looking at it. You're not going to see Sauce Gardner on here. You're not. You're going to see the guy targeted on the other side. You're going to see the DJ Reed types of the world. I want the guy that may be the weaker matchup because he's more likely to make a play. And these next two, these next two categories kind of kind of go together, um, which is uh, you know uh, uh, not only am I looking for the target, but I'm also looking at catches allowed. So it kind of tells a story. Hey, this guy, you know, maybe he's not the best athlete in the world, but he's on the field and he's making tackles. He's making clean plays. They're targeting him. He's putting him down. Makes sense? No, for sure. 
The fourth category I use, and not everybody is this kind of player, but I also look for box snaps. If you can get box snaps, you almost I got a cheat code. You got a line, linebacker on the field. So um, what do you look for? What are your tangibles? And not just for this, but just in scouting or in general. Um, yeah, so just for IDP, if we're just looking at stat sheets, um, you nailed it, I think, with the uh, solo tackles. But the first thing that I'm looking at for, like, we'll say safeties, right? We'll just kind of – I'm uh, Josh Meteculous and – I probably butchered his name, but Cameron Bynum both have 40 targets. Bynum's been the number one guy. Cameron Curl, 30 targets. He's been up there as well. Julian Love has had some weeks. He's 30 in targets. Kyle Duggar has 29 targets. Kyle Hamilton has 28 targets. Um, some of these guys' reception percentage varies, but as long as they are getting targeted, that is an opportunity for that player that is not around the ball to be around the ball. And you said that you like the box snaps as well, and that's good because you have a player that's a safety who might be coming in and playing as a linebacker and now is closer and in a better position to get towards the ball, and that's ultimately what you want in IDP. You want guys that have noses for the ball regardless of where they are, like a Minka Fitzpatrick, right? I mean, he's injured yep. he's not playing this week. But he's a guy that you could play literally anywhere. Dax Hill, when he was coming out of Michigan, he played slot. Now they have him in a multitude of positions, and that's how he's getting a lot of those points, right? So slot snaps on top of targets along with box snaps. But then you just got to look in general and see like a guy like Bates. I like him because the Falcons defense is playing 70 <laughs> plays a game. So he's going to get in the mix. You know what I mean? There's, there's a million different variables. So, so, so the four that I, the four that I use, like I said, the passes allowed to catch the, the box snap. And then also I'm looking at solo tackles. Um, I guess, I guess in my, if I was to be scouting, I would, I guess man coverage would be more valuable than zone coverage, right? Yeah. It's, I think with DB, when I scout, I look more for what can this player do? Not what does he do when he's in a position for the ball, right? Because they'll get their path breakups if they get targets or they're going to get burned and get benched. So I'm looking for more guys that can sit in a multitude of positions. So if they do start to fail one position, they can kind of move into another position and still not lose their value. Gotcha. So, 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 you know, like I said, there's not everybody's going to fit in my square peg, square hole, but this is kind of my list. This is what I do. And this is kind of where I've been effective with. So keeping that same mindset, there are two players that come to mind every time I do a list. And I've had it backwards for the last couple of weeks. My number one is Cameron Bynum. And my number two is Cameron Curl. Uh, last couple of weeks I had Curl Bynum, but now I'm going Bynum Curl. And here's why. Let me just show you the breakdown between those two, okay? So when you look at Cameron Bynum, He's almost like if I was creating a Madden, a Madden player, okay? He's got 57 tackles. He's tied for first. That's what you want. You want a little linebacker on the field. 57 tackles, it's quite a bit, right? Two interceptions, tied for fifth. I'll take that. He's been targeted 40 times, Mace. That's number one in the league. And he's allowing 33 of those receptions allowed, tied for second. So if you put it, if you put it mildly, He's 57 tackles, one, two interceptions, fifth, 40 tackles, first, 33 seconds. That's the guy I want. Those are the kind of players I look for if I'm trying to put together a cheap team, cheap stats when no one's paying attention. Kudos to any manager out there that picked him up, scooped him up before anybody knew the name. That's why this position is so volatile every year. That's why you could easily pick up a guy. But Bynum's my number one. And you know who's right behind him? Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl's in the same vein. Just the only problem is Bynum does everything a little bit better. 
So for starters, 48 tackles, he's tied for second. I mean, he is second. Zero interceptions, so Bynum got him beaten, intercepted tackles. 30 tackles, he's tied for third. We know who first is. Receptions allowed, he's tied for fifth. Okay? So he's right behind our dude. And so, you know, obviously one and two, it makes sense. But I started thinking about this, and this is something I wanted to show you, Mace. Uh, I started thinking a little bit about Cameron Curl because he started the season so strong, right? He started the season so strong. So I started looking at Cameron Curl a little differently. And I'm like, what's going on over there? And I'm looking, and I'm looking at his numbers. And uh, I just wanted to pull him up for the season. And, 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 and I'm looking at it, and I'm pulling his numbers down. He's got 17 stops. He's got one forced fumble. And then it hits me, man. He's been playing all over the field, okay? He's playing right now, and I don't know if you know this, but when you look at my fourth metrics, and this is why it's such a big deal, yeah, he's got he's got 19 plays in the last game, 19 plays in the box, but he also has 34 as a free safety. So I say again, they've been playing him as a free safety the last game at 34 and 28 the week before. So what does that tell you? They're misenforced, right? There's not a lot of coverage back there. They're playing him a little safer. So that's why I'm a little skittish. That's why I'm pulling him off my number one. I made him my number two. Um, do you see it any other way? I got Bynum one and, and curl number two. No, I mean, in my tiers, I have five guys in my tier one. And that's mm-hmm. just based on a kind of like a rotating whatever's going on. The thing I like about Cameron Curl is, yeah, he plays free safety because of Gary Forstall. But they're also missing linebackers, and they really haven't had consistent linebacker play. And he's a guy that is able to step in the box and kind of bang and do it all. So I think that he might be in a free safety role, but he's been coming down as well and, you know, putting the hit stick on people and doing stuff like that. Um, They play New England this week. They're not really known for having a passing attack. And Kendrick Bourne just went out on IR, and I'm pretty sure he's their leading wide receiver. So I think Cameron Curl is not going to have to worry about the pass as much, and then I bring him down, and he might get big points this week. But at the same time, Cameron Bynum's getting targeted. Uh, Atlanta, they don't – I don't think they're going to go with Ritter this week. I think they're going to go with Heineke. And if they do that, then they probably are going to get an uptick in passing. So so, so let me just read to you. Week four, week eight, defensive line, four snaps he played, right? In the box he played 19. Five he played slot corner. One he played wide. And then the rest were at free safety. So that's a little concerning to me considering the beginning of the year. Weeks one – 29 in the box, 30 in the box, 34 in the box, and then 36. Then when you look at the last couple weeks, he's getting the actual opposite playing free. So yeah, I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more um on edge with him. That's why I kind of bumped him down a little bit. Um, where did you put curl this week? I have curl as my number two. I have Bynum, or no, I'm sorry. I have Bynum, then Dax Hill, then Cameron Curl at three, Winfield at four, Derwin James Jr. at five. Oh, okay. Okay. So we see it similar. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I, I felt that was a little bit controversial. That's why I wanted to kind of, kind of get into, okay. So, so Bynum curl. Now I put James at three cause it's so hard to get off James. It really is for me. Um, James 30 tackles in a year type 30 seconds, one INT type for fifth, uh, 18, uh, targets type for 28th receptions allowed type, uh, 14 type for 22nd. He played 22 plays in the box. Uh, your boy Dax Hill, I got him fourth. He 
34 tackles, tied for 22nd. Two INTs, tied for 5th. 16 targets, tied for 42nd. Receptions allowed 10, tied for 37th and 13th in the box. You really can't go wrong with either one of those guys. You really can't. Um, but those are those are your top those are your top players. One, two, three, four to me. Um, where do you have Duger? I have Duger at nine. You have him at nine, so I have him at five. This is a bit of a spicy one. Uh, just bear with me, okay? I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna try to explain why I got Duger the way I do. Okay. okay. For starters. For starters, they are finally starting to play this guy, and it's exciting. It's exciting. They are finally starting to play him the way he should be played. Um, the um, the Patriots, the Patriots generally um, move people around, shift people around. But Duggar's actually coming off a big game. He's coming off that uh, 100% snaps, eight tackles, one sack, one INT. Uh, if you pull up Duggar's stats in the last couple weeks, he's actually been pretty darn effective. Uh, so let me uh, let me just pull you some of this stuff here, okay? okay. Um, Duggar. Yeah, so we're going to go back the last three weeks just to whatever, because I know the beginning of the year he wasn't really that that impressive. But it seems like lately he's earned the trust and he's been coming on. So um, so I'm just going to go back three weeks, okay? Duggar, 91% of snaps, 100% of snaps, 100% of snaps. Five tackles, seven tackles, eight tackles. Sack, interception. The whole year he's been boom or bust with this, but it looks like he's getting all the percentage snaps that you want in that defense. And historically, Bill lets the defensive back wear the green dot. So – Maybe I got him a little higher than most, but just, just from what I've seen on the field, they got him playing sacks and their oh. <laughs> Where'd he go? Um, okay, hold on one second, guys. So yeah, we have um, we have uh, Duggar who is actually playing a lot of those snaps in the box, which is somewhat um, somewhat impressive here. Um, moving on though, I think what we'll do is um, 
we'll talk about the other part of this list, which has a couple of players that are that are interesting. Um, after Duggar, we have Antoine Winfield. Okay, Antoine Winfield, he gets you pretty good points. He gets you uh, 32 in tackles, which is 29th, zero interceptions, 16 targets, tied for 42nd. Receptions allowed, 13th, which is eighth, which is which is eighth for the season. The interesting thing about Antoine Winfield, the interesting thing about Antoine Winfield is that he uh, he doesn't really play a strong safety role traditional. He plays more so he plays more so um, in the um, the free safety role, but they use him for a lot of different things, a lot of different ways. Um, so so Antoine Winfield is a guy that um, that we that you can play any given week, any given time. Um, and that's why I have him at six. Um, so Antoine Winfield at six is pretty darn good. Um, what says you, Mace? What says you about Antoine Winfield? Where do you have him ranked? I have him at fourth, and then I have Derwin James at five, and that completes my tier one. Uh, oh, yeah, he's just a guy that regardless of where he is on the field, free safety, strong safety, he's, he's going to consecutively put up points. Another guy I wanted to shout out as well, he's not in my top or anything, but um, actually, I don't know, he might be in my top. Yeah, he's at 13. Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal had an amazing week last week. I don't know that we talked about it a little bit, but uh, oh, yeah. Hey, defensive backs, man, they're getting a little spicy. Oh, he's on He's on my list too, let me tell you. Um, my number seven is Julian Blackman. Most people aren't really key to the name. 43 solo tackles, tied for third. Interceptions, second, tied for fifth. Targets, 11th. 20, 25 targets, so that's tied for 11th. Receptions allowed, 18th. He's the kind of player that I'm talking about in my model. I'm looking for guys making clean tackles who are being targeted, who are making those hits. You know, that's what I'm looking for. But more importantly, you already know it from my other videos, he's playing a good portion of his snaps in the box. And that's what we want. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to look for when we're looking at these players. Um, mostly in this box. Where do you have Julian Blackman at? I have Julian Blackman at 12, and that's just because he doesn't – like, he is very efficient, but he's not a very big splash play guy, I don't think. Like, I don't expect him to do that for me. He's kind of just like a middle-of-the-tide guy, but he's one of those guys that you didn't have to draft up front, right? You didn't have that mm -hmm. name like you were just saying. So you could have just added him and came up on him, and you immediately have a very, very efficient plug and play and forget um, DC2. So you want to guess how many box snaps he gets a game? 25 37 <laughs> nice last week he had 37 week four 42 week four 29 that's pretty much his game that's pretty much the scheme that's why i got him so high and again a lot of these players i'm not thrilled about but that's why i put them where i put them um so yeah i got Derwin james three hill Daxel four kyle duger five antoine winfield six julian blackman seven now here's where i get a little nervous I have no idea what to expect with Kevin Byer of the Eagles. Um, any thoughts on that? Um, I didn't even – yeah, I don't have them. I think I have them at like 19 or 20. Don't feel like... bad because I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, don't feel bad at all. I don't know. I put him at eight just as a hope and a prayer. I mean, all his stats on the year, 
They looked great, but that was another team. That was a whole nother, another thing. 39 tackles tied for 10th. Interception, zero. 24 targets, 12th. Uh, receptions tied for 8th. But the thing is, I looked at last week's game when he played. He had 13 box snaps, 18 slot corner. They're playing him at safety, free safety. He got 40 snaps. So if that's an indication of who he's going to be, he's probably going to be low for me. Um, so with that said, I have Reed Blankenship at 17. There you go. So And that's just – that was clearly because I'm not really sure what his role is going to be. And if that is going to be deep, then I think Reed's probably going to get more tackles. they got a young linebacker core there. I mean, you're not wrong with you're not wrong with any of that, actually. And then Sidney Brown's relevant again here. Thank about yeah. time, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was just any given week, man. Just waiting on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, they got there for sure. So yeah, so I got um on number nine, I have Jalen Petrie. Um, Jalen Petrie, 22 tags on the year, 54 targets, six tie for eighth, receptions allowed, five tie for 74th. He plays 20 plays in the box, and that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I'm hoping for some of them sweet box score points. That's why I got Petrie low at nine. And then I got Hamilton at 10. Uh, so I'm kind of curious where you got Petrie and Hamilton. Um, Hamilton, 33 tackles, type 26th. One, he, uh, one assist, type 15th. Target 28th, tied for eighth. Receptions allowed 17, tied for 12th. Plays 16 in the box. So they're similar type of players. Um, how do you see it? So I got Hamilton at six, and then I have um, Petrie at 15. I might bring Petrie up a little bit, but I don't really know. He's kind of been varying from week to week. I like Hamilton because of his pressures. When I look at DBs, I love a DB that gets sent a lot, and that's why I have Dax Hill at two as well because they're playing against Josh Allen, and you got to get in that guy's head. I mean, it does take a lot to bring him down, but I feel like they're going to have to use Dax Hill a lot. Uh, for pressure because it like that dude is so crafty. If you give Josh Allen time, you're going to lose. I get it. I get it. Um, Buda Baker, 11, Ryan Neal, 12, and Javon Holland, 13. Hey, I'm happy to have any one of those guys, to be honest. Uh, you said it eloquently earlier. Ryan Neal, 39 tackles, 10, type for 10. Uh, receptions allowed, 17, type for 12, 21 in the box. Sign me up for that for a player most people don't know. Buda yeah. Baker, 14 tackles, tied for 74th. Uh, receptions allowed, uh, two, tied for 90th and 18th in the box. I'll take that. Julian Holland, 41 tackles, fifth, zero interceptions, 23 targets, 15th, receptions allowed, 15. Um, before we got on this podcast, I was doing a little bit of research on Holland because I'm like, beginning of the year, he was hot. How yeah. is he going so low? And then the answer is they got him playing a lot more back now. Uh, they got him playing a lot more deeper. Uh, he's been playing a lot of his snaps as a free safety, which is kind of hurting us a little bit as far as what we need. Um, so just so you guys know, as an audience, you know, Holland, I'll play him. But here's what he's been doing lately, okay? He's got 17 box snaps, 15 as a slot corner, 35 as a free. The last couple of weeks, they had him at 44 as a free, 43 as a free, 22. So it's kind of – it's a little bit of a worse Cameron Curl thing. Um, they got him They got him reverse roll. I don't know what's going on there. The linebackers are coming up. So I'm kind of I'm kind of staying away uh, a little bit. Any issues with those guys? Do you see it any different? Uh, I'm ready to get hurt again. I got Holland at eight. I got Duggar at nine. Jesse Bates at ten. 
Uh, Kenny Moore at 11, Blackman at 12, Neil 13, Buda Baker 14, and Petrie 15. Gotcha. Um, so my last two in this tier, I kind of want to talk about for a couple seconds here. Um, the the first guy at 14, I have is Harrison Smith. Okay. Um, where did you have you had Harrison Smith hired to meet, didn't you? Seven. Okay, you did. Okay, so you had him seven. Okay, so I don't feel as bad, but I, I wanted to put Harrison Smith in here, and I kind of wanted to explain. I kind of wanted to explain my rationale. Um, so Harrison Smith, okay, let's look at him. Let's let's all look at him together. Okay, so when you see when you see Harrison Smith, okay, it's kind of interesting the player right now. Um. Okay. What do you see on the screen? Okay. So Harrison Smith. Okay. Uh, where are you at there? I don't see. He's playing all around the field. He's playing every single position right now, which is kind of interesting. He's also got three sacks on the year. So the reason I bring this up, this isn't your old school, traditional Harrison Smith, what we used to remember when we're playing Madden. He's not necessarily the coverage guy anymore. He's more of like, what does the team need guy, which is kind of interesting to see. Uh, he's all over the place lately. So um, just keep that in mind when you're looking at Harrison Smith. He's playing all of those positions, and he's playing them very, very well. So um, – um, that's kind of what I got with Harrison Smith. Um, question for the mailbag, and it is on Jesse Bates. Okay, so this gentleman here was talking about Steve. Is there a reason Jesse Bates is ranked so low? And he is correct. I do kind of bag on Jesse Bates. He is kind of lower. <laughs> uh, he's DB nine on the season. Where do you have him at, Mace? Um, I have him at 10 right now, and that's okay. part of the reason why. Okay, and, and that's and that's a fair that's a fair assessment. Um, I'm taking you guys over to the IDP uh, tools, and this is a smart question. This is a very good smart question, and uh, I kind of like answering these uh, as we're going because we only get better as an audience when we ask questions and we look for things that uh, that we could we could challenge. So anyway, I'm going over here. I'm on the IDP guys page and I'm looking at the weekly fantasy finishes. Okay? And I just want to confirm that information. So you can get a lot of this 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 content if you guys are subscribers. So we're going to go to Tackle Premium League. Uh, I'm going to look at the position. I'm going to look at DBs. And uh, what do I see? You guys are correct. Jesse Bates in, in one, two, three scoring is ranked sixth. Uh, I guess the week before he's eighth. So why the heck do I have him all the way down? Why do I have him ranked all the way down to my 15th? And the answer is kind of kind of simple, to be honest. Um, remember in the beginning of this podcast, I was telling you guys my metrics, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for certain players to do certain things. Uh, that's what I want. I'm looking for a certain type of player whenever I am, um, whenever I am, uh, 
you know, doing this criteria. I'm looking for snaps. Yes, I'm looking for tackles. I'm looking for things that I can measure. Okay. When you pull, when you pull Jesse Bates, tell you what, let's go to fantasydata.com because this is a fun question. When you pull Jesse Bates, and, and, and I'm not ragging him. Can you see my screen, Mace? Yes. Okay. I'm on fancydata.com. This is where I get kind of cheap stats. Um, this is the player. This is kind of who he is as a player, okay? Look at his weeks, okay? Wow, he's got 18 points week one. He's got eight, three, 12 week three, uh, week four. See how very spotty he is as a player? He's very spotty. Some weeks he has it, some weeks he doesn't, okay? So this is the answer why I'm a little bit cautious of Bates. He doesn't hit my criteria. He doesn't get that sweet spot role. He doesn't get those high tackles usually. One week he had five or six, whoop-de-damn-do. Where he gets his money, he's very fluky. He gets his points. Uh, week one, two interceptions, one forced fumble. And this is his game. Week three, one interception. Week four, an interception. Every week, every week that he makes plays, they're fluky. And you know what? That's him as a player. That's what he does. He stays in that way deep role, and he'll make you plays here and there. But he's going he's gonna to screw you over weeks. That's why he doesn't get ranked high, because maybe he'll do it. Maybe he won't. I can't gauge that. So as an IDP ranker, as an IDP player, I'm like a fisherman. I want to prep the weather. I want to have my bait. I want to have everything. I can't prepare for a thunderstorm. If you're, if you're a lottery ticket guy, scratch off a gambler, go right ahead. But no, sir, I don't prep for Jesse Bates. I know he's a good player. I know he's on most people's lists. But if you watch the player's full body work, he's hit or miss because it's all big play. Um, now, if I was in a um, if I was in a best ball, certainly I'd certainly take a swing. But I'm not putting him as my eight. It's too risky to me, in my opinion. In my opinion. But as a ten or fifteen, I can see it all day long because he's sustainable. But I can't I can't sustain those three interceptions and that forced fumble. They're not sustainable things that I can I can rank. He stands out to me with good matchups. He gets seventy percent of the snaps deep. That's the other thing I want to say. Majority of his plays are in the, in the backfield. So if the game script doesn't dictate him, no, sir, Jesse Banks isn't going to get the points. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really dislike him because of his opportunity. Like their offense is not on the field a lot. They have a lot of question marks. Their head coach is kind of a goof, if you will. He's not <laughs> really like – he doesn't even know which running back to give the ball to, uh, making up excuses. They are winning games somehow, but – um, yeah, like you're saying, a lot of a lot of the plays, he does have 30 plays in coverage, 50 plays in coverage, 30 plays in coverage, 36, but he's also got 68 total snaps, 73 total snaps, mm-hmm. 51 total snaps. So the opportunity is there. And like you said, he's one of those kind of splash players, like a mild Hufanga, but more so in the passing game, not so much. I don't think he's ever got a sack in his career, but he is a guy that kind of floats in space. And if you need a closer, he's going to be that guy to kind of shut it down. And like you will have those spike weeks. But, um, yeah, I guess you're probably right in saying that he's more of like a DB2. You put him in your DB3 slot, just kind of mm-hmm. pray. And then when you get that, those high points, you're like, yes, thank goodness. But when he gives you those five, six weeks, you just kind of got to brace for it, I guess. So I just got and, and that's the thing with a guy like him. I mean, it's hit or miss. But, again, I have metrics that I'm looking. When I'm combing the desert and I'm looking for players, yeah. I'm looking specifically for ones that are going to – I'm up, I'm down, I see me like a pop of target. Yeah. I want players that I know I can get cheap points out of. I want it. Um, he doesn't hit that stuff for me. So, yeah, I'm a little bit more harsh on him 
than I wouldn't be with someone else. Um, we got another question from the mailbag, Mace. Um, I'm going to put this on the screen here. So the question was, 16-team, four linebackers. Is there any deep sleepers to target at defensive back and linebacker? And uh, this is the perfect episode for this. I was saving this from last week because we, we you have eloquently nailed this character. Uh, let me just see if you can guess what I'm talking about, okay? Um, earlier this podcast, we were talking about defensive linemen that are three, four players and four, three players. Well, let me go pull my Madden out and fellow my, my, my favorite spot here. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. The Dallas Cowboys run what you call a three, four under, which is fancy talk. You ever hear the word three, four under it's fancy talk for, I have four, three players and I'm trying to cram them all into a three, four scheme. So that's what they do. They're defensive linemen. They're all playing the same gaps as they would for uh, for a for a for a three four, but they're actually four three kind of skilled players. Okay. Now the Cowboys do a couple neat things. They kind of bring an extra safety in for that fourth linebacker role. And of course, you guys already know. See that guy blitzing on the end, that little linebacker coming in. That's Mika Parsons because they want to bring him down all the time, right? Okay. So that was my cute little little kind of lead way. But let me, let me put this together so it kind of makes even more sense, okay? All right. So can you see my screen? Yes, I can. Okay, so this is kind of some live, some live footage, if you will. This is when they played the Giants a couple weeks ago. So, you know, so you can't see. You can't see it on the screen. But the first thing the quarterback's going to want to do, if you want to be interactive, you know, uh, get your Madden on, if you will. First thing quarterback's going to do is he's going to look for those safeties because whatever those safeties are, that's how you read the coverage. We don't really get the luxury of seeing that in this screen. We also see everything's kind of moved around a little bit. So the next thing he's going to do is he's going to ID the mic, okay? So he wants to ID that mic. And if you were to look really quick and identify who the middle linebacker is, it's going to be 55. That's that's Vander Esch, right? He sticks out like a sore thumb to me, 55. Um, I get in the mic. Huh? To the outside neck roll, man. You just look up for it. Always. Never fails. So ID in the mic is very helpful. Um, Obviously, you know, when we play Madden, we want to do that because it identifies the strong side and the weak side. And it also helps with blocking assignments. It helps define the coverage. And it also alters the way the direction the pre-snap is going to go. So, yeah. So in this little scenario that I have on the screen, and I'm trying to bring the audience in who maybe can't see me. I just pulled up a random Cowboys Giants clip. So you got 55 is Vander, and to his left, that's the correct read. He is the Mike because 33 is Darren Bland. We know who he is. Okay. We know 11 is Mika Parsons. So there's our three linebackers. And you have all these other guys running around. Okay. And it's three, four under scheme. This number 30 over here, guess what? That's a safety. That's a safety playing a little linebacker. Dan Quinn loves to screw with people. I know he had the Legion of Boom in Seattle, but here at the Dallas, he's got linebackers playing playing safety. He's got safeties playing linebackers. He's got four three players playing three four. It's really fun to watch. Guess what? Guess what? Vander Esch is out now, isn't he? So this is even outdated. There's a new player. Things are being moved around as we speak. And this is the episode to ask this question, audience, because we have a guy 
which sitting right with us, who picked this guy out. I know he did because I was writing a waivers article one day, and all of a sudden he said, hey, do you know about this guy? And I sure as heck didn't, but I'm not the number two ranker on the week. So if you don't mind, my friend, can you talk about who this player is and why is he taking Van Der Esch's snaps? Okay, so Van Der Esch is out with injury until, like, I think week 10, week 11, he's going to be on IR. So Damone Clark normally steps into the middle linebacker role. He got injured as well for a week or two. So this player right here, Marquise Bell, who is uh, undrafted from Florida A&M last year, I believe. Uh, he's a tweener. He plays safety and linebacker. Well, the Cowboys are hurting a linebacker, so they slide him into the middle linebacker role. And uh, he did okay, fairly decent. Then when Clark got back, they moved him over to Will. But like you said, the main thing is that Dan Quinn's defense is really not appropriated for quarterbacks to read it very well because you have guys like Bland, you have Wilson, you have the other defensive back who's saving me. You have Bell, you have all these guys who are interchangeable and can do different things, and that's really good for IDP as well, right? So Marquise Bell is a guy that you can slot as your DB3 that's going to get you LB2 tackle numbers. And that in a tackle league, like in a fantasy pros league, where sacks are kind of reduced, not reduced, but, you know, four points, it's not like, you know, your high-value six leagues or whatever. Um, that is a very valuable asset to have. Not only that, but if you're in a dynasty league, super deep, right, and you need those guys that you can rotate, this guy can play two positions for you, that's an added bonus as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Marquise, Marquise, is that how you say it? Marquise, Marquise, yeah, Marquise Bell. Bell. So he plays middle linebacker, he plays safety, he plays well linebacker. Uh, his last three weeks, he had 23 snaps week five, 39 in week six, 45 in week eight. Uh, week seven, they had a bye. But there's always some of these guys that kind of step up. Last year, we had Jack Sanborn. Beginning of the year, um, Ivan Pace, everyone thought that uh, Austin Moe was going to be the guy. Definitely not. Hicks came in and then uh, Pace came in, but he was not a drafted guy. So not a lot of people were really all that in on him. But uh, that's the thing about IEP is that you can scout and have these top players like a um, – sorry, who did the Lions draft? Jack uh, – Campbell. But he's not really getting time because Alexander Lillian just won't go away. So instead of him, now you have to pivot to a guy who's undrafted but is getting the time. It's all It all comes down to that availability, how often they're going to be in. You just got to look at the trends, man. Heck yeah. And, and on that note, we'll transition to our final category, linebackers. And uh, kind of a two-for-one question I have for you, Mace. Um, you know, um, I know there's differences with edge rushers, linebackers, inside linebackers. But if you can share it to the audience, what attributes are you looking for for a linebacker? Like, is there better ones for coverage to achieve tackles, like maybe zone or, or, or coverage? And then the other question I had was, you know, if you're targeting a linebacker, where exactly would you in, in drafts as well? Okay, yeah. So first off, just know your scoring. Um, if it is a high sack league, I'll probably wait, get a guy that has an every down role, uh, maybe a Matt Milano before he got hurt, you know, some, someone like that. Um, it really just when I'm whenever I'm scouting a, a linebacker, right, you have your insides and your outsides. And then I also kind of have like the tweener guys that I like as well. But I want to know, are you calling plays? Are you capable of calling plays? What do you bring to this defense that no one else does? How many positions can you play? Like, are you going to be able to see the field? Maybe if there's someone like, all right, we'll say Drew Sanders, for instance, right? The Broncos re-signed Singleton. They have Jewel, but they go and get Sanders, who I think would be better as an inside linebacker. But the only available position they have is at either outside or at edge. But they're not even really putting him there either. So, like, they drafted him. He's got third-round capital. You would expect him to maybe push for the job. 
but they were already really padded there as well. Um, another player like Chad Muma two years ago, who I thought was going to be drafted somewhere else, but got put into linebacker hell. It's just, uh, you have players that fit certain schemes and I don't know, they're good for things. Like if it's just hard to say, because with IDP, you right. can't scout guys, but it, I scout people more to know what they're capable of. So that when they go to a team, I can maybe hopefully kind of think and put them in the role before they get there, right? Someone gets hurt. Are they able to play this? Or is there a guy that has been there for two years that's actually going to step up and take that role? And then the undrafted guy or whoever else was drafted goes into the special teams role. Makes so, sense. Yeah, it just comes out of stuff like that, I guess. <coughs> so, so here's how I did my categories. When I'm looking at linebackers, I'm looking for 100% guys. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is I'm looking for guys like solo tackles is, is a big deal over assists, especially in this scoring system. I have a guy that gets 40 assists and I have a guy that gets 40 solos. Well, I'm beating you 40 points to 20 just on the way yeah. scoring setup, you know? So the way I have this, the, 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 the tier one guys, I have Zara Franklin, seven nine tackles ranked one assist 14 ranked 20 tight for 26. So what does that tell you? He's more of a, I put you down you stay down kind of guy. Mm-hmm. One forced fumble tight for fifth. He's playing Carolina. Number two here, I got Roquan Smith, 56 tackles. Hey, that's tied for fourth. 28 assists first. What does that tell you? He's a team player. He gets his. Make sure everybody else around him. He gets his. Zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles. If you want to take it down just a smidge, the next two guys, TJ Edwards, 60 tackles. That's third. He's third in this statistical category. 19 assists tied for 12th. Zero INTs, one forced fumble tied fifth. And then my number four guy is Quincy Williams, 53 tackles, tied for eighth, 14 assists, tied for 26th, zero INTs, uh, one forced fumble, tied for fifth. So that's how I have it. I have those four guys. Um, either one of those guys I'm happy with. I got Zara Franklin, Roquan Smith, TJ Edwards, Quincy Williams, one, two, three, four. Uh, what says you, Mace? How do you got it? So – my tiers are a little bit more long. And it, well, my, my tier one. My tier one is only two people, two to three people with foyers in, but I think they have a buy. So, um, Zaire Franklin, Roquan Smith, same as you, tier one. That's it. My tier two consists from number three to number 19. Any of those guys I would be okay with. That's my LB1 on a weekly basis, kind of move them around like popcorn, whatever. After Outside of my top 20, that's where I'm kind of like LB2 on. But I have Quincy at three and TJ Edwards at four. So, we're just kind of. Gotcha. And who do you have at 50, if you don't mind me asking? CJ Mosley. Okay, I do too. So, okay, so we're, we're kind of in agreement. Uh, CJ Mosley, 51 tackles. That's tied for ninth. 21 assists, tied for fifth. One INT, tied for seventh. One forced fumble, tied for fifth. I never thought I'd see the day where Quincy Williams is ahead of CJ Mosley, but it's happening. It's happening right now. One, two, three, four, five. I'm okay with that list either way. Um, where it gets a little cute for me is going down six, seven, eight, where I have uh, Aziz at six, Bobby Wagner at seven. Uh, let me show you what I'm what, what I'm thinking here, guys. Okay, when you see Aziz, okay, let's look at some of his scoring here on the season. Aziz, so yeah, yeah. From so week four on, actually, go all the way back: ninety-eight percent, ninety-nine. 92, 100, 100, 100, 100. This is a baller, okay? 6, 8, 9, 9, 15, 15, 11. This is a guy most people don't know. Now, he doesn't do a lot more than the tackle, but he does hit sacks. He does hit returns from time to time. Aziz is my guy. 
back-to-back top 15 tackle weeks, 100% snaps. What more can you expect? And he's got great matchups. Any thoughts yeah. on him? I love him. So I did a fantasy pro – I was part of a fantasy pros article where they ask you about players who are kind of slept on. Well, it was an offensive article, so I snuck in. I did one offensive guy, and then I snuck in IDP. And that was the first time I'd ever done that, and it actually got published. And it was on the Z's Alshire being a top 12 guy because yeah. of the offense in Tennessee. And just – I saw him play in San Francisco. I'm a dire Niner fan. I got all the stuff around me. Whenever Warner or Greenlaw was out, Aziz would step in, and he would step in with force, presence, direction. He could call plays. He could play outside. He has just the most freak motor. He's super smart player, hits the gap in the hole. And, I mean, as you can see, he just feasts on tackles, man. Not a lot of uh, missed opportunities either for him. So it's gotcha. really nice to see the goal for him. He's on a <laughs> contract as well. So I hope that he either finds a home or Tennessee makes him have a home. And then the next guy on the list I have, and I pulled up his stats on the screen, it's um, it's Bobby Wagner. And with Bobby Wagner, again, I have him lower than most. Some people got him all the way at four. The well, only I heard you reason... talking about him last week. That's yeah, that, exactly. that kind of opened my eyes a little bit because I have, like, Jordan Brooks as well. But Jordan Brooks is more mercenary, slide in, getting the sacks and stuff. But good. he's kind of um, – sorry. Uh, no, you're good. What is his name? Uh, Bobby Wagner. He's been really wonky this year, right? Like more so than ever. So, yep. I agree. And that's what it is. Uh, be very careful with him. I don't want to beat a dead horse with that. But yeah, <laughs> be very, be very mindful of when you're playing Bobby Wagner. He's going to have his spotty weeks. That's why we do these things. And I'm kind of glad that that's, that's out there. Um, Bobby Orkey at eight and Logan Wilson at nine for me. Um, for, for Logan Wilson, 42 tackles, tied for 24, 12 assists, tied for 40, three interceptions first, zero force fumbles. He's getting Buffalo, who they're going to try to run the ball. Bobby Oki, 55 tackles, tied for sixth, 19th assist, tied for 12th, one INT, seventh, two force fumbles, tied for first. He's playing Vegas. Um, where do you have those guys at? Okay, so I got Aziz Alshire at six. Terrell Bernard at seven, and that's because of his uh, pressure rate as well. He's also been getting tackles, doing pretty well lately. He just had kind of a slow start because of the whole Milano thing, I feel like, but he's really, really been doing well. Um, Okariki, sorry, Okariki at eight, Wilson at nine, Bobby Wagner at 10. Okay, my next guy on the list is Kaiser White. Now, people, uh, depends on uh, what circles you're in, if you like this guy, but look, he's getting all the 100%, okay? Yeah. The thing I want to focus on, like you were mentioning in the beginning, he sometimes he's frustrating, but he's a hundred percent snap guy. Seattle's up and down as far as tackles go, so he can get him on him. Um, he's the only guy there that's going to make plays and be a hundred percent right. Yeah. He has an opportunity here because he's on a team that is fifth highest for zone rate coverage for linebackers. So what does that mean? He's going to go in coverage. Somebody's going to catch the ball. He's going to make a tackle. Okay, so that's what that actually means in a zone heavy league that you have one LB. That's going to be a huge boost to tackle efficiency. And on the season, he's a decent enough player that he'll get you home. He's tackles, he has 51, that's tied for ninth. Assist 18, tied for 17th. One INT, tied for seventh. Zero force fumbles. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Kaiser White? Yeah, I have him as an LB2 in a lot of leagues because uh, he's one of those guys where I feel like if I did reach on a Quay Walker or something, I could really draw back, focus on my defensive line, and then draft a player like him, who I assume is going to get 90-plus just because of his role in that defense. Like you said, they don't really have anyone else. Um, they've been playing okay, but they're still kind of in a disarray. 
And if you're going to target anyone in that secondary, or at least back there, why wouldn't you do it in front of him? He's the oldest guy, right? Right. And then the same thing with uh, Bernard. I mean, they're all top 10 plays. Bernard should be a top 10 any given week. 50, 50 tackles tied for 11, 26 assists tied for second, two INTs tied for second. There's nobody else there. It's a musical chairs disaster on that team. So Bernard, Kaiser White, if, you, if you're looking, those guys are playable any given week. Logan Wilson, too. So um, that's my list on those guys. Um, and then to finish the list, I have, you know, Jordan Brooks. He's my only guy that doesn't get a lot of snaps. Quay Walker at 13. Uh, Jordan Hicks I got here, I guess. And I put TJ Watt at 15. I feel like that's cheating you guys. So, you know. <laughs> Next man up, Patrick Queen, Levante Dave, and Ernesto, you know, dealer's choice there. Um, how do you got the, the rest of the list? Okay, so I'll pick it up at 11. My tier two, um, at 11, I have Jordan Brooks, 12, Quay Walker, 13, Ernest Jones, 14, Kaiser White, 15, TJ Watt, 16, Jordan Hicks, 17, Frankie Louvu, 18, Patrick Queen, 19, Levante David. So on the back end from like 25 to like, I don't know, 15, 16, I would normally rank guys who do get those pressures, maybe are like a secondary, a Bravo player on their team, but like Patrick Queen is still going to get his because he is such an aggressive player, right? So who, where did you put Ernest Jones just out of curiosity? 13. Okay, good, good. See, I put him 16. He just missed. And uh, you know what? I think you got a good case there. When you look at Ernest Jones – um, let's go to the last couple weeks. You know, he was dealing with that injury. Yeah. So you can't really hold that against him. But when you look at er a lot of folks here were concerned about Ernest Jones because, you know, he's been active and he plays and sometimes he does, he doesn't because of knee injury. But when you look at his stats, eight tackles, one tackle for a loss, his production's on par. He's getting right back to it. And he just got 98% of the snaps. So five tackles, three assists, one tackle for a loss. And that was in week eight. Sign me up for that moving forward. I might, and it's so frustrating this time, you know, early in the week trying to do these lists, yeah. I might end up bumping him up. So yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, with every new day, you get new news. We're looking at stats. Like sometimes I'll do rankings. It's 3 a.m. in the morning because my kid's keeping me up. And I'll have to go in the same day and look and be like, okay, what was I really thinking here? What am I doing? Anything drastic? And you try not to. Some weeks you're right. Some weeks you're not. Trust you guys. Mm -hmm. So so this kind of completes the list. Let me just read it back real fast. Zara Franklin, one. Roquan Smith, two. Quincy Adams, three. I'm sorry, Quincy Adams, four. TJ Edwards, three. CJ Mosley, five. Aziz, six. Bobby Wagner, seven. Bobby O, eight. Logan Wilson, nine. Terrell Bernard, ten. Kaiser White, 11. Jordan Brooks, 12. 13 is Quay Walker. 14, Jordan Hicks. 15, TJ Watt. On the bubble, Ernest Jones, uh, Mace, you have a couple rebuttals in there, right? I mean, just a couple guys kind of flip flop, okay. but I mean, nothing too drastic, honestly. Um, I'd like to throw some highlight on Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. Uh, Drew Tranquil brought on has kind of just been in and out, but he's filled the role, I guess, for IDP. If you kind of, uh, you know, they do handcuff running backs, why not do handcuff linebackers, right? With a Nick Bolton, mm -hmm. go and take a, a Tranquil in case something happens. And uh, it's kind of paying off. Kenneth Murray, not really the best real-life player so far in his career, but he's actually been a lot more aggressive, looking a lot more crisp. Maybe the game's slowing down for him. Uh, he's doing a lot better as well, and he's on a lot of waiver wires. I didn't see a lot of people drafting him. So um, 
I don't know. There's there's a lot going on in the leagues. You don't have to draft a high guy to get high level efficiency. You just right. have to watch the trends the first couple of weeks, see what's going on. Yeah. You guys can sign up at idp.org. You can save 10% by using this code IDP plus pod. Uh, you'll get 10% back. So consider being a subscriber, all these cool tools. We're also in the discord. I'm there every week. Sit starts. We got an, we got other shows on this, on this pod as well. So, so please guys consider being a member. Um, I want to thank Mace for coming up, but before I do that, I wanted to leave you with two more questions. Mace, tell the audience where they can find you. Yeah. Um, on Twitter at Cali King 49 I write for fantasy six pack, your rankings and stuff like that. Uh, but mostly just hit me up on Twitter. Okay. And then my final thoughts, uh, a lot of people don't know this, you know, I started doing anal, anal analytics this year and Mace was my first content creator. You're my first boss, my supervisor. And I just want to say, I appreciate right. you. You've made this <laughs> stuff so easy for me. You've made it easy to, to use the, the tools around me, the freestyle. So I appreciate you as a person and you are going places in this community. Everyone respects you. Everybody loves you. Please guys check out anything Mace is doing. Check out his Twitter. Best of all, it's free. He's always in the talks. He's always in the conversations, but my final thought and my question to you is what advice would you give a new writer, content creator, or even a scout? What advice would you give somebody new that's trying to break into the community? Um, be true to who you are, be nice to everyone, pay it forward. There's a lot of good people in the space. My biggest thing is getting out of my head and understanding that I've put myself in this position, like seeing my name on fantasy pros. It's not something that I had ever dreamed of doing when I first started doing this COVID had hit and I just wanted to, I, I needed an outlet. I needed people to talk to about football and my fiance now wife is, was like, dude, get away from me. <laughs> like, stop talking to me. And I had never really even played IDP. I just got a gig writing for five yard rush as an IEP guy. And I kind of had to learn like my first trade, I traded away TJ Watt and I received Ryan Kerrigan. I was not good, bro. I didn't know what I was doing, but through, you know, the trials and sucking I've, I've done, I guess some somewhat well for myself, but it, I'm always like recurating the process, but I have a lot of days where I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Why am I here? I just got to push past that. So I don't know. There's good people in the space. Just put your best foot forward. You're going to have bad takes. You're going to have good takes. Just stick with it. Trust your process. Try to learn. Be a great person, man. There you go. While Mace was talking, I was showing the audience and the paid subscribers my rankings, uh, my top 70. Um, for the guys not being able to see this or even the guys on Spotify, uh, feel free to message any of us. You can find me on IDP Hunter. Um, I'm also a writer over at Fancy Six Pack. I'm also a writer at IDP, guys. Um, we're not going anywhere, man. We enjoy doing this show. And a lot of smart comments you guys are leaving us. Feel free to keep leaving us smart comments, and we'll, we'll add it to the show, guys. Uh, if you don't have anything else, we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>